0: Welcome to the FCCI Pathway to Purpose podcast. As a Christian business leader, how do you integrate your faith with business? And how do you leverage the platform of business to draw others closer to Christ? FCCI has been helping Christian business leaders on this journey since 1977. And we pray that the content you find here will serve you well in that endeavor. You can find additional resources and opportunities to engage with other Christian business leaders at FCCI.org. And now, enjoy the podcast.
1: It's interesting how we came about the conclusion that the most foundational of all of the issues we're dealing with is the purpose of business and the purpose of work. And as I've been meditating upon that, I think that's the way uh, we handle most of the problems in our life. We try to improve rather than change. And one of the early statements in the FCC vision is that we're not trying to help you to become better than, we're trying to help you to become different than. For a long time, as you begin to try and answer the question, if you have a CEO that walks in from this door who is a non-believer and a CEO that walks into this door and is a believer and is following scripture, and this man is very ethical, what's the difference? And for many, many decades now in fact i believe generations we have said the difference between these two is that he is more ethical than this person so it's better than if this is an apple then this is a better apple Uh, like smith said it's i treat my employees more fairly i uh, guarantee my product more thoroughly i have better working conditions that really the difference between a Christian company and a non-Christian company is a matter of degree. That breeds frustration, because I don't believe that that's what Christ came to talk about. I think, however, we do the same kind of thought process in our own Christian walks. That is, when you uh, become a believer, a Christian, born again, if you don't watch out, the first couple decades of your Christian experience you'll be trying to improve yourself. You will try to be more loving. You will try to be more honest. You will try to be uh, less selfish. And you will try, degree by degree, to improve yourself. And you finally come to the conclusion after defeat, after defeat, after defeat, that what on earth is the matter? Most Christians, I find, in our country don't come to the conclusion of that answer. What is the matter? They basically move into mediocrity. And that's where it's supposed to be, I guess, I I try, and Christianity, however, is not better than, it's different than. It's different in this way. A non believer can be loving, can be patient, can be kind, can be gentle, can be gracious, can have perseverance, can be giving. Can be self-sacrificing those are the same challenges that christianity gives to us who name the name of christ most christians think on a philosophical basis and that's what this whole unit's about that christianity means i work on my love my goodness and i through careful determination become better that's not scripture that's worldly thinking. God said, I'm going to start something new. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. And I'm going to give you a new power. And the power isn't your willpower. That's your power. I'm giving you a new power. And that power is the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, if you ever learn how to get out of the way, will be love in you. And that's not semantics. That instead of trying to improve yourself, you come to the grips that is a shattering experience that yourself cannot be improved. And most believers never come to understand what I'm talking about. It's not till you understand that yourself is deceitful and wicked and will always be that way to the day you die. Period. It is the fallen part of you. And gang, we can't pick him off the floor and make him unfallen. (laughs) And what we try to do and why so many of us are defeated so much of the time is we're trying to improve something that can't be improved. It's not until there's a realization that the self is evil and is wicked and is against God. And even all the improvement that you will try to do to self, to be more loving, to be more kind, is really rooted in self. I am more loving because I like myself more when I'm more loving. And all the activities we do when we try to work on Christianity from this philosophy... That I, Christianity means I'm going to become a better person by sharpening up the principle, of, uh, sharpening up my walk w- uh, with other people. It, it, that is fatalism. It does not work. It's only till you realize that way of doing business as a believer is wrong that you begin to look at a different way, and it is really different. Instead of the self that you are trying to improve, you have the spirit over here that you're trying to get out of the way of. You're trying to get the self broken to the point that the spirit can come out. And when the self is out of the way, that is, you're not trying to improve it, you're trying to get it out of the way. It's very opposite, isn't it? It's very opposite. And as you get the self out of the way, The Holy Spirit will come out with love. That's not being based upon yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what Christ came to do, and that's a rare thing in people's lives today. And as I meditated upon this subject for today, I realized afresh that that's the identical same problem we have in Christian work, isn't it? Christian business. That is, we have been what I would consider to be deceived into thinking that Christian business is better than a non-Christian business by degree. It is more moral, more ethical, more fair. It should be, but that's not the point. Should you be more loving? You should have a different kind of love. When you come to the philosophy of Being a person who owns a company and you want to think about it from God's point of view, don't think of this way. Think of something totally different. We try to tease one another. We're not trying to invent a better mousetrap. We have invented a cat, not a mousetrap. Not a better one, a different one. It's so interesting that when Christ was here... And he spoke to this group of people, okay? He, uh, in the great Sermon on the Mount, took how they had been interpreting Scripture. uh, You've taken it so when it says, thou shalt not kill, as long as you don't stab somebody, you haven't broken the commandment. That's your interpretation. I say to you, if you have hate in your heart, you've already killed. He took the Scripture, that came out of the Old Testament, and said, you've interpreted it externally, and I'm telling you, you've missed the interpretation of the Bible. You say, thou shalt not commit adultery, and as long as you don't go to bed with another person, you feel like you haven't broken it. I say to you, he's ripping blinders. If you have lust in your heart, you've already done that. And I'm sure the more he took one of those and said, you've made it comfortable so you don't think you're ever sinning. But, boy, are you. Now, that ripping of the blinders made those people identify things that they've never before identified. We're going to be doing that more and more as the sessions go on. That is, realizing we have been trying to be better than rather than different than. But the problem is, as you begin to identify different than, you begin to realize maybe for the first time that you've been way off the beam. Not even close. The second thing that Jesus did in that great sermon was he, he dealt with their interpretations of the Bible, and then he went to their practices of godliness. That is, the walk and the talk discussion that came from over here. He said, um, don't be like these men who uh, go to the street corners and pray Uh, wonderful prayers so that those people who see them are awed by their prayer life but when you pray not this method this method pray in the closet Uh, don't be like the people who give the money so that everybody sees how much they've given instead uh, be discreet don't give it so that you are rewarded and we don't have time to get in the Sermon on the Mount but clearly what Christ did is he took their a doctrine and he said Uh, You have taken the Bible and made it so you're never sinning. (laughs) And I show you that same truth means this, and everybody was self-condemned. Then he took a practice, that is how their godliness came out and said, the things you were counting on, the things that you felt good about, the thing that you, you, you said... Here's how my Christianity comes out. My prayers, my alms, the way I give money, my fasts. That is, those externals that you do that make you feel comfortable that your walk with God's okay are wrong. Instead, (laughs) it's this way. And the reaction was an utter realization that we thought, uh, we thought the target was this, and we know we weren't always hitting the bullseye, but we thought we were in here, you know, and we were doing okay. <laughs> Christ said, well, the problem was, here's the target. You were aiming at the wrong target. Here's the target, and you haven't been hitting it. You've been missing it here and how you understood the Bible. You've been missing it here and how you lived out what you believed. Your beliefs were wrong and therefore your life was wrong it's obvious that when FCC began to hammer at these things conviction of sin was thick on the floor because I can remember in so many meetings we were all coming to understand some of the things you're beginning to think about that is we've been aiming at this target I want to be more compassionate sure you do Less selfish, sure. Yeah, but Christ said, fine, but that's not, that's not the issue. This is the issue. See, what's the issue? In a sense, what we're trying to drill away together is to help change our minds. When your mind is changed thoroughly from Scripture, your behavior will take care of itself. You know that? When your heart is changed, your behavior will change. You will not have to change it. When you're struggling with a behavior, it's always tied to your heart belief is wrong. Now, what we're trying to point out together is that when you come to business, the Christian business place has been saying, you know, I know God wants me to live like this, and I'm trying to. I used to be over here, but doggone it. You know, I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm becoming more good. And Christ says, oh, no, 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 no. Here is the target, here. <laughs> and what what that does to a person who really grips it and it, t- it takes a while to really grip what we're talking about, it, takes, it knocks the slats right underneath you because then you have to reevaluate why on earth am I in business. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, the Scripture is so clear repeatedly through Hebrews and Romans that he bought you out. He didn't merge with you. He bought you. He bought everything about you. And in the Greek, it talks about the concept that you were in the slave market of sin. You had no control over yourself, and you had no hope of the future. You were damned. And Christ died, shed his blood, and purchased all of you. Now, you got to follow this really close. This is something we know in our head that is not practiced. You have been bought. You haven't been hired. You have been bought. And you, in a sense, believe it or not, If you understood Greek you you came and you put your ear right here like this and they take an awl a nail and they put it right through your ear right here and that meant you were bought for life but it was your choice two kinds of slaves one kind of slave a guy buys you and you don't have any choice about it because you're you can't live without it the other kind of it is is when you do have a choice and you, by your own free will, says, I want to be your slave for the rest of my life. You take your ear, you put it against the wall, you put a hole through it, and you're a free man slave for the rest of your life. When you accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you said to him, will you be my Savior and my Lord? I want heaven, and I want you to be my Savior. And he bought you at that time. He paid his blood for you. the next thing that happens is, the problem with us is we began to play the role of Lucifer. That is, we began to think we will do our own thing. Where Christ never said you can do your own thing. Christ basically didn't hire you. He bought you. All of you. That's why the New Testament says, you are not your own. I'm no longer my own man, and neither are you. And what has taken place in time is we have become like Lucifer in the way we live as believers. That is, we think that we are born again. But as far as God having any influence or any control over what we do and who we are and how we spend our days, it is completely divorced. It is, I go to church to understand what the Bible says and to be around Christians. But as far as understanding that I am a slave of what God has willed, it's lost. It's lost today. It's lost for us in this room. And that's the root of the problem the root of the problem ladies and gentlemen is we have put up our fist in god's face and said by our practical living we will do what we want to do regardless of what you have said we want to do
0: Thanks for listening to FCCI's Pathway to Purpose podcast. FCCI is a global movement of servant leaders who help each other lead companies for Christ. And the value of this content is greatly enhanced when you journey together with other Christian business leaders from around the world. Learn more at FCCI.org. And let others know about the great content you've discovered here on the podcast. Thanks for listening and leading a company for Christ.